Welcome to the Faith Renew Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renew, check us out online at faithrenew.org. John chapter 8, when you got to say amen. 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 Verse 36, I want to read this to you. If you have red letter, this is red letter. This is the words of Jesus. And this is when the disciples came to Jesus and uh, began to question him or when the, the people who would come to Christ, they had questions for him. They were always trying to set him up, always trying to, to mess with him. But I love Jesus, man. He's good. And he always has the right answer because he's always right. And, uh, and in this situation, they came to him, began to talk to him and share with him, asking now about if they, they believing that they would be simply free because of whose descendants that they were. We saw this in Romans in our study on Wednesday nights as well. And they actually believed that they would, because of, again, their heritage, their lineage, uh, that they believe, again, they would see heaven. Um, I believe our heritage and lineage are great, and it can help us see heaven. But how many knows that's not what gets you there? Come on. Amen. There's one, and his name's Jesus. And so we actually see the words of Jesus in the story. And he says this. He says in verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. Oh, man, I love freedom. I've, I've, I've been in bondage. It's no fun. And, um, and so I love freedom. And today we're going to hear a couple of stories about being, becoming overcomers, overcoming a situation today. And I love the, just the realness of this series. And one of the things that we said early on is just we're just going to say it like it is because, again, that's what we need in the church. And um, we've heard incredible overcome stories of, of things, I mean, that would just literally have to be God for us to be carried through those things. And we're going to hear that today. And the first one is Rachel. I want Rachel to come up. And uh, Rachel Carter is a part of our family here. And, man, God is doing some incredible things in and through her life. And um, I want her to come on up. And uh, Come on up here, girl. And uh, she's going to share what God is doing in her life this morning. And um, I'm going to pick back up a little bit. Pamela's going to be sharing. And we're just going to go with God today and see what he has in store. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Um, just kind of want to start. Uh, I mean, I could sit up here and talk probably for an hour, but I don't want to do that. But just to give you some history, I know some of you know my story. A lot of you probably don't. But just to go back and kind of let you see where, you know, God brought me, you know, out of and everything. So basically, I was a drug addict, alcoholic for most of my adult life, I'd say for about 22 years. I started using when I was 15 years old. Uh, one thing I've noticed, the longer I walk in freedom, the less I like to talk about my past and the less I like to give, you know, even talk about the devil and what he did in my life. I like to talk more about what God has done and is doing. But, but you also need to see what God brought me out of as well. Uh, so just to kind of go back and give you a, a brief history, um, the enemy's still up to the same old tricks as he's always been. It's a little more evident today, but he's out to destroy us when we're young. Um, so for me, it started off really before I even came into this world. My, my parents were young when they got pregnant with me. My dad left before I was ever born. Um, he was not back into my life. Didn't even know who he was until I was 14. So for people to talk to me about God and say, you know, what a wonderful father he is, that I just couldn't relate to that because my father wasn't there. I had nothing to compare to. 
Um, so, you know, uh, my mom left when I was about two, so my grandparents raised me, um, which I'm grateful for. I had great grandparents. Uh, but my grandfather passed away uh, at 67 years old when I was nine years old. Um, up until that, I'd say I'd had a pretty good childhood. I mean, it was still broken. It was still dysfunctional. It wasn't your norm. I didn't have the mom and dad at home. Uh, so I couldn't relate to a lot of my friends that had that. So I, I felt out of place from the start. Um, so when I was nine, my grandmother wasn't able to take care of me any longer. So I started bouncing around to family members. So I ended up living with an aunt and an uncle um, at age nine. And from that point, from nine to 15, I went through sexual abuse during that time. Um, so when I was 15, I just really decided I couldn't take any more of the situation. I was court ordered, emancipated, declared my own guardian at age 15. Um, I had knew about God my, in my life, but I didn't grow up in church very much. I didn't have that, that foundation at all. So I didn't, I, I had nothing to pull from when those broken things happened in my life. So at age 15, I turned to other things, and that's how I got into started drinking alcohol, using drugs, and I liked the way it made me feel, or rather I should say I liked the way it made me not feel. I didn't feel, it just numbed me. I didn't want to have to deal with anything. So those things, I, I, I just fell right into it really easily at, at that age, and it just continued on. Um, I played sports. Uh, I got scholarships to go to college. I played four years at Newberry College. I graduated there with a bachelor's degree in education. So, you know, you can go on and do things. It just, they're usually short-lived because you just can't, you can't maintain it because you're trying to do it in your own strength, and I understand that now. Um, so I graduated college. I went on to have a teaching career, but my drug use and my alcohol use just got worse as years went on. Um, they actually got a lot worse in, in college because you guys and girls that are getting ready to go off to college, it's right there, and, and they shove it down your throat. It's the cool thing to do. So I can tell you graduates that are getting ready to go, take your light in there, be that light. Because people like me, they need to hear about God if they ain't never heard about it. So be bold when you walk into your college careers. But when I got out of college, I you know, went into my teaching career, and, but my, my drug use got, it escalated really bad and really quickly. So I ended up losing my career in education. And so I just, said that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. You know, we always try to find a reason uh, to make what we did okay. So this just continued on, continued on uh, for many years. Uh, so it just got worse and worse until my life was completely out of control. See, I was always a functioning addict. I always worked. You know, I, I maintained what I had to do. I paid my bills. I had a place to live. And, but the rest of it I spent on drugs and alcohol. So just... To give you that rundown, so I, I didn't know God. I wasn't saved during all this time. Um, so when I was 37, I, that's the first time I ended up in a church and gave my life to the Lord about a week before my 37th birthday. And, you know, I love the saying, like, come as you are, because I really, I came as I was. As many Sundays I sat in church, hi. Um, but those church people, they didn't judge me. Praise they took me in and they loved on me right where I was at. Um, so that kept me coming back every Sunday. Um, because just because you get saved, it doesn't mean you're instantly fixed. So 
for me, it was a it was about a year and a half challenge of I'd get clean for a little while, fall back off. I'd get clean for a little while, fall back off. Um, but, you know, God was chasing me down this whole time. And I was trying to do it in my own strength, and I couldn't. But uh, I had a women's conference, and I have to tell this story because it's truly amazing, like, how I got to where I was at. And so I was, I lost everything. I was staying in the hotel in Columbia. Um, I had gotten high all night long because I was like, this con- women's conference that I had, I think it was in months, I had been signed up to go to this. And um, I was like, well, the only way I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning is if I stay up all night and show up there. So that's what I did, uh, not knowing that God had completely set me up <laughs> for this. And so I went. Um, the lady that ran the rehab facility that I went to happened to be at this conference I was at. So at the end, they had an altar call, went up front to be prayed for, and she's the one that came and prayed over me. And um, I found out she had a rehab, and she's like, why don't you come back with me today? And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And, you know, now I know she was just seeing how serious I was. But uh, so I said, okay. So they followed me back to the hotel. I grabbed my stuff, my clothes. I threw it in her car. Didn't even know where I was going. And I got in the car, and that's how I ended up in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, at a Christian rehab. I spent a year there. Um, It was a safe environment. I needed to be nurtured and loved on. Um, I had no trust in anybody. My walls were so high that, like, nobody could get in. God couldn't get in. Nobody could get in. So those walls had to be broken down. Um, And that was a process. Um, I was a tough cookie to crack, as she likes to say. Um, But, you know, the things that get us there, they're not going to be – it takes time. I mean, I didn't get that way overnight. It wasn't going to be fixed overnight. So for – I sat, so I sat there for a whole year um, working on what I needed to work on and, and getting out what I needed to get out and letting God just heal me from the inside. Um, so that's kind of how I got to where I was. Uh, and truly, it's amazing to me. Like People are like, I don't know if God's performing miracles anymore, and I'm quick to tell you, you're looking at one right now. Because most people that walk where I walk, I know too many people that suffer, from, and it's an epidemic today. You hear about it every time you turn on the news, uh, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. So I know most people don't make it out and get to stand where I'm standing today, and I'm truly thankful for that today. Um, because, and, I, and another thing is that people like to say, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Mm-mm. I'm not an addict. Amen. I'm free. I am truly free today. Um, one thing I like to look back on is when I was trying to get clean, I literally would drop, I would lock myself in the house for weeks at a time. But it was tormented. My mind was tormented. I struggled every day with like not going to buy drugs, not going to, it was just a constant battle in my mind. Today, I don't battle with that. It's completely gone. I don't struggle with getting up and not using today at all. And it, it's truly, I was just telling my mom last weekend, I'm like, you know, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's like, I don't battle with that anymore because he set me free from that. And I'm truly free from that. Now I have to do my part. I don't put myself in places that I don't need to be around people that I don't need. You can't go back to those old places because you're a new creation and all that stuff needs to be gone completely out of your life. So you got, he'll do his part, but you got to do your part as well. But he is truly just 
to complete. It's amazing to me. I could sit back and even talk to you now about where I used to be. But, I mean, he's just done an amazing work in my life. Um, so after I completed Heart of Hannah, uh, I decided to stay up here because I didn't need to go back around all those old places and people. So I stayed up here, and um, I was tossing pizzas. That's what I was doing. College graduate, throwing some pizzas, about 40 years old. <laughs> so, you know, but that, it was amazing to me because, you know what, when you, God gives you something, you do it great, no matter what it is. You put your whole heart into it. And God had blessed me. Um, he took me from that. He put me uh, at the Marriott Hotel downtown as a chief engineer over all the maintenance there. And um, I love it. I love what I do. Um, I, he blessed me with a home. I moved to Simpsonville so I could be closer to you great people. And um, so he's just done an amazing work in my life. And, and you know, I just, it, it amazes me every day. Um, I will be celebrating five years clean and sober this October. And, you know, I just know he's got great plans for my future and just, just continue to walk out in it and, you know, just be, to just be a light. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And I like to tell my story because I know there's people that need to hear it. Um, whatever brokenness you be, need to be. It may not just be drugs and alcohol. It may be anything. It's any addiction that you have to um, overcome. But you got to let him get in your life and work. But thank you for letting me share. And um, like I say, I'm, I'm an open book. So anything you want to know, you can always ask me. And I'll be willing to tell. Amen. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> so good. So good. Pamela, come on up here. Have you up here. Amen. Uh, wow. These stories are cool, man. And uh, I hope it builds your faith. And after this message... She's going to share. We have some things I want to announce and just give you an opportunity to be a part of continuing to walk in freedom. And so, Pamela, share what God's doing. Good morning. Uh, my name is Pamela, and um, I don't know everybody here, but some of you I know. But anyways, just uh, to give you some background in my story, too, I was actually born into a Christian home. Um, my dad was a preacher, and um, so I was raised um, in a Baptist home, Baptist church. Um, I was at every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every revival meeting, every cottage prayer meeting, every visitation meeting. If it was going on, I was there. And so, um, you know, I do have a very good, I had a good uh, foundation about a knowledge of Christ. And um, so I'm the oldest of five siblings. They're 16 years old, 16 years between me and my youngest um, my youngest sister. And one story I want to show, share with you that really has made an impact. Um, when I was uh, four years old, um, I actually saw my angel. And my angel was, um, I woke my mom up and I was trying to tell her, look, my, my angel's there. And she's like, no, Pammy. They used to call me Pammy. No, Pammy, you, we can't see your angel, only you can. And my angel was singing that song, Deep and Wide, Deep and <laughs> Talking about how deep and wide the love of Christ is for us, God's love for us. So um, that
that story, and I remember the, my angel to this day, exactly what that angel looked like. That has always stuck with me. So growing up, we moved around a lot. My dad never had a, a, a church that was longer than, I think, six years. So between um, kindergarten and, and graduation, I was in 13 different schools. I was very, very shy growing up, um, and I did have difficulty making friends, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Um, but when I was in school, um, we, I got bullied a lot. And so I was um, bullied for wearing glasses, being overweight, dressing differently. Because some churches my dad was at, we couldn't wear pants. So I would end up at public schools with gauchos and culottes on and dresses. And I got made fun of for that. Um, but when I entered into about the eighth, ninth grade is when it became very aggressive. And um, to the point that, you know, I got spit wads thrown at me. Um, this this one girl, she went to the water fountain and got water and came up behind me and just dumped it all on the back of my head. And the thing is, is that this impacted me in such a traumatic way that I, I literally just hated school. I hated my life. Um, I was severely depressed. I was so angry at my parents. And I would tell them this stuff was going on, but no one advocated for me. And it just continued and it continued. So when I got, when I turned 18... Um, I bolted. I'm, I said, I'm out of here. And I was basically through with all of the religion that I had seen growing up. And um, I kind of threw myself into a group of people that weren't healthy friends. I thought they were friends because they liked me. They let me hang out with them. We did things together. But at this point is um, when I was introduced into to drugs such as meth, cocaine, PCP, alcohol, and as Rachel shared, the thing is, is that this stuff numbs me. It numbed me from all the pain that I was feeling. Um, I just felt so broken and crushed. I felt worthless, invisible, and unimportant. But when I was around these people and I was high, I felt awesome. You know, it was so it was so um, exhilarating and so glamorous at one point in my life. Um, so just to kind of go back uh, about my salvation. So, you know, I, I my mom did the sinner's prayer when I was like four to six years old. And I kind of remembered doing it, but I really didn't. So growing up, I would say the sinner's prayer again just to make sure. Um, but I never really had a, a strong relationship with the Lord. I remember seeing my mom um, with her Bible open. And I knew, of course, my dad would study. But no one like explain to me like you you need to read your bible daily and you need to pray daily and so i just grew up in this christian home with like i said a great head knowledge but it had never gotten into my heart so i ended up graduating high school in 1984 in clovis california um and that's um and then shortly after that is when my brother died i had a brother that was 10 and a half months younger than me and um, he was in a horrible uh, car accident, and he died in, when I was 18. And this just drove me, drove me further into drug addiction. So this sinful lifestyle of mine continued for about 10 to 12 years. My drug of choice was methamphetamine. And um, during this time, I, I held down some jobs, but there was a lot of homelessness. Also during this time, I had Nikki. She's my oldest daughter. A lot of you guys know her. She's not here today, but she's listening online. Um, I had her in 1992, and um, e even that, after having her, it didn't, it didn't change anything. I went straight back to the drugs, and unfortunately, you know, she suffered the consequences of my choices. 
Um, it was not a good situation. There was a lot of abandonment. I put her in some very um, unsafe situations, and I just wasn't there for her. But God is good. His grace is awesome. So, um, and then also, so so then let me just jump over to this. Um, I got notes, so to keep me on track. Um, so in 1995, I ended up at the Fresno County Jail. And I knew that it, this was God chasing me down. Um, I had an amazing encounter with him. Um, I just knew that he was putting me there, and I couldn't wait to get to the church services. And so that is when I truly surrendered my heart to the Lord, and I said the sinner's prayer, and I, I gave my heart and my life to the Lord. And when I was in the jail cell, I was um, in my bunk, and I was reading the New Testament, and I was like, you know, growing up in church, I had all this great knowledge of Christ, but I was like, man, Jesus, if you're real, I just need to know it. And I, I kid you not. From the tip of my toes all the way up to the top of my head, like I felt this incredible rush of love like I've never felt in my entire life. And I was like, okay, God, just one more time. And he did it, he did it for me one more time better than any drug I had ever done in my life. It was a, the most beautiful. And, and I was sitting here thinking, and I, and I remember um, God was bringing some memories. Like there was the girls that were in jail, and they were like, all this, they're like, why are you smiling so much? You know, when people are in jail and I'm like, I gave my life to the Lord and, and everything's going to be okay. And I just feel at peace. And, um, so anyways, I got out of jail. I ended up in jail th three different times, you know, and, you know, Satan is a punk and he just wants to keep us in misery and he just wants to keep us in bondage. And, um, so I struggled too with relapsing and, um, so, so I, I did, so then I ended up having Kylie. Some of you guys know Kylie. She's my youngest. She's um, 19 years old. And I had her in 1999. And I did have about five years of sobriety. And then for some reason, I thought that drinking alcohol might be a good idea. And that led to another path down of just addiction to alcohol and once again I was being a horrible mother to Kylie but you know God's grace for us is just the most unbelievable I can't even wrap my mind around his grace that he has shown me over the years you know I don't deserve it but he loves me so much you know just like he loves all of us and um so in 2013 is when I really hit hit bottom hit rock bottom um, Nikki was living here, and I sent Kylie out here, and I enrolled myself in the Salvation Army Rehabilitation Program for Women for Alcohol and Drugs. And um, I, I didn't do the full program because Nikki had to send Kylie back, but I did learn a lot while I was there. One of the things I will, two things I won't forget is um, HALT, which means hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And, and even today, I use that. When I'm feeling like I might be wanting to overspend or, you know, some kind of addiction, um, that behavior comes out. I just stop and say, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Do I really need this? And so that's been very helpful. And the other thing that's been very helpful is playing that tape through to the end, you know, because, because when back in the day, when you first, when I first started using, it was so exciting, and there's like a euphoria, 
And so that's not really what it, it is. The reality is it ends in destruction. And it ends you in a path where you have nothing left. And um, I could have, I'm blessed because I could have actually ended up in prison. I, I didn't go to prison. I violated probation. But by God's grace, that's not what, that's not the plan that he had for me. Um, so uh, my last encounter with alcohol was this past weekend was a year. Um, you know, and at this point in my life, you know, I really thought I had been through. And, you know, when you get your eyes or your heart focused off of the Lord and and you don't take capture those thoughts and then they become desires and then you act on them. You know, unfortunately, that's where I went. And um, But God gave me a verse, um, Psalms 30, verse 2 says, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. And that is truly what I did a year ago um, in July. Uh, God called me to a fast. And I know I've told you guys this story before about Def Leppard. Um, but it, this, is, this is really, I mean, I mean this over the, the past year, God has really shown me exactly why he asked me to give up Def Leppard and because I loved Def Leppard and not only was Def Leppard an idol for me but every time I would listen to Def Leppard um, it would take me back to a time where I used to party and the thing is is that I never would have heard God tell me to give up Def Leppard if, if I wasn't fasting you know, he just had me empty myself. And over this past year, God has really shown me that Def Leppard was actually a trigger for me because it, it would take me back to that time when I partied. And and so I praise God that he delivered me from that. Um, so today, um, when God tells me to let go or stop something, then I, I do let go or stop. Sometimes it's quick and sometimes it's a process of me letting go or working on an area in my life to bring it under his authority and submission. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And for me, that goes for anything, whether it's shopping, whether it's overspending, whether it's overeating, the things that I watch on TV, you know, I have to be very careful and guard my heart because I don't want to be surrendered to anyone except for the Lord. Today, my relationship with Nikki and Kylie is restored. I don't deserve God's goodness and mercy, but he loves me, and for that, I'm humbled and grateful. God promises that when we repent, he will restore us to a place of blessing, physical and spiritual. His grace abounds, and his mercy endures forever. The other thing is that, you know, God does not waste anything that we go through. He gives all of us a platform, and he gives us a reach. And so whatever it is that you've gone through in your life, me, I have a ministry for women. I love the women that are in jail. We don't wake up one morning and just decide that we're going to just waste our life away and end up in jail and, you know, break relationships and, you know, um, spend years and years in bondage. And so I, I, I have a heart for the women that are in addiction or are in jail. Um, and so God has given me an opportunity. I go into the jails at the Fresno, or I mean, at the Greenville Detention Center, and I teach Bible studies to the ladies there, and I just love them. They are so beautiful. They're, they're beautiful, and you know what? They, they just need to know that God loves them exactly where they're at. They don't have to go fix themselves. 
They don't have to try to make things better. He is right there, and his plan for them is real. I mean, we hear that verse so much, Jeremiah 29, 11. We hear it so much, and it maybe just doesn't really impact us the way it should. But there is a plan, and there is a purpose, and God will have his way in our lives when we submit to him and we choose to be obedient. I am God's, God says that I am his workmanship. I'm a work in progress, and he's not finished with me yet. And I praise God for that. And so um, I just want to share a few lyrics with you. There's a song by Hillsong United called Starts and Ends, and it's just wrecking me. But it's so true, um, the end it says, and it's talking about God. You're my amnesty. You're my split wide sea. You're my every good thing. All my days and nights, you're my death to life. You're my wonder I breathe. You're my can't explain. First and last refrain, you're my every good thing. And then finally, Galatians 5.13. I like the amplified version. It says, for you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature. And then it gives us examples, worldliness and selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. I give God the glory and the honor and praise for everything that he's brought me through. I could have been dead on so many occasions, but he did have a plan for me. And I do have a voice of what he's done for me. And I'm so thankful and grateful. Overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Word of our testimony. Amen. I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me, please. And uh, don't leave if you don't have to. And um, I want to share just, just share a couple of things in my heart, just in brief, as the worship team even comes around. Um, in two weeks, I'm going to speak on the subject of overcoming bondage and addiction and these types of things. But um, there's been something that we've been praying about. It just has a church for, oh man, three years about wanting to do and just the timing uh, for that and just that being put in place and everything. It just is, again, God's been setting it all up and it's just beautiful how he works. And I'm just super excited. Uh, starting July 9th, um, the week of independence, freedom, when that's celebrated, uh, on July 9th, we're actually going to be kicking off a ministry here at the church called Freedom. And um, every Tuesday night, and from 7 to 8.30, uh, the doors are going to be open, and it's going to give opportunity for those who struggle and um, who need a support system around them. And uh, it's not just addiction to drugs or alcohol. It's, 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 again, it's going to be a support system for love and support for those who need it. And um, I mean, those enemy works in many ways. Yeah. Come on. He wasn't piggy. He went after the church kid. I heard it this morning. He went after the one who, who didn't know and uh, who hadn't heard. His, his tactics are all the same. He's a liar and a thief. And so we have to come in and speak the truth and show the love. And so I'm like, man, beyond pumped about this because this is a God thing. It is his timing. and It is beautiful. And well, we do have this. We actually have signups uh, this morning back at Connect. And for those who want to be a part of this ministry, um, if you'd actually like to be a part of volunteering and serving in it, uh, it's going to take... Uh, more than just a few that we have right now who are already committed to that. But um, we believe that God's going to use this and the doors will ultimately be open for those who are going to come from outside the church. And we hear this all the time, man. There's a love in this place. 
And um, that's what changes in the, in the grace of God. It's going to change hearts and lives. And we believe that we're going to see God set people free. And it is going to be a beautiful thing. And so if you want to be a part of, of, of serving in that ministry, um, you, at the back, there's a volunteer form. Other at the bottom, put freedom. And we'll, we'll, we'll have better help get you plugged in, get you connected. You may say, man, I want to just soak in that ministry. I want to sit there for a while. I need to just come and just be around just those who love Jesus. And um, I actually put this, and again, I'm going to preach it in full in a couple of weeks. But again, it's not just substances. Man, there's, this is what God put in my heart. Lying, food, pornography, spending money, the approval of others. Uh, just some things that he, he just put on my heart. And there's, again, there's so many things, there's so many other ways that the enemy will work and he will slide in. And we need each other. It's one of the things that you heard, and uh, it was through the support of others that they were able to walk in this freedom. And uh, I, I love something that Pastor Jack Hafer says. He says this, he said, you can disciple, you can't disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. Let you sit on that for a second. You can't disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. So we're going to disciple the flesh. We're going to learn how to walk in this thing and, and how to live in this thing. But it's the Spirit of God who's going to come against the Spirit and the enemy who's going to, who's going to fall and going to come down because of how good God is. And so it's going to be incredible. And I, I want to go ahead and get this out. This will be my point number one in a couple of weeks. But one of the first things that we have to do is, is this, is be honest and be real and admit and man, you know something? I need some help. I need some people around me. Uh, it's important, and um, that that you that you're open and that you're honest. And I think we have a created or creating that culture here at Faith or New where we can do that. Again, hear the stories that we've heard and the things that have been said. I think that's happening. But you know, so many times the enemy will still work. He'll still slide in, and he'll say, "Well, don't be honest. Don't be real." Because listen, if they if you do that, they gonna think this about you. And honestly. You know, we learn who cares what they think. Amen? You know, we care what God thinks. And so we want to be honest. So we want you to know this. It's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay there. And so, uh, and so we do this. We come together and we're open and honest. And I know we're like in church, everybody has to answer the spiritual answer when we say, how you doing? I'm blessed, brother. <laughs> Glory to his name. I'm the king of kings, Lord of lords. He's a yeah. That's good. But listen, listen, let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's a lot of people, I believe, in this house that, again, who are free, who we've heard again, stories, giving their life to Christ, but are not walking in the freedom that God has for us. And so today, we want to give you an opportunity to sign up for that. I'll be speaking into your life. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.